Hi there, welcome to part two of my interview with Kim Ulmer from RBC. This part will be talking about diversity and the importance of diversity and inclusion, what that means for leaders and managers. She's also gonna talk about how to get the best from others around you, leaders or anyone. There's also gonna be a surprise fun question at the end that you can listen to and hear what she has to say in that one. So tune in and hope you enjoy it. I wanna to also touch on the topic with you of the words diversity and inclusion. That's become such a much more common within the world of leaders and managers in recent years than it used to be, right? If you think of over your career, it probably should have been more common years ago, but it's become more common now. So when you think of your vision for what those words look like being lived out in the world of business and leadership, what comes to mind for you? Because it's such an important concept. It is. It's critically important. And so I would say just in terms, I think we need to understand and define it, what it means, right? The words around, you know, diversity really is the facts, whereas inclusion becomes the acts, mm. you know, it's the action, what you take. And so while diversity is important, uh, what really fuels and fans it is the inclusivity of it, because it's through the actions that we stimulate innovation within business and within leaders. We stimulate different ways of thinking and to continue to help grow and develop and reflect. So it's broadened that. It really is the innovation that we're going to need to attract new clients, to impact bottom line results, and to continue to create the culture that we talked about, you know, the great resignation. We are being interviewed as employers more than ever. And what becomes more and more important to all generations, but especially the next generation I find when we're meeting with them, is the sense of culture and this sense of social impact and what it means and diversity and inclusion. And so I think that's the component certainly of it. And it is establishing diversity and inclusion as a value because it's not okay to simply state that it's a value, but what you need to see it is living within the culture. And so as leaders, how do you bring that to life and how do you live it when it matters most? So is it within all of your decision-making frameworks, whether it's staffing or creating a new line of business, is diversity and inclusion in part of your decision-making tree in everything that you're doing? And does it live and thrive within the culture that you have? So I think all of us are on a journey, a continued learning journey. And I think just continually challenging our own biases, listening deeply, understanding. And then when you do get the feedback that doesn't feel very good or things aren't going as progressed, we need to take action. And I think that's on us as leaders is to be bold and step up when it matters. Yeah. And it's being willing to set the example and also set the example when either you haven't done well or the organization hasn't done well, setting the example of owning that too, right? I mean, it relates to lots of things, but recognizing that, hey, I set an example with my good and bad sets an example. Uh, how I handle that example is worth a lot for my leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And just acknowledge that we're all learning and that we're not going to get it right always. Yeah. I know we talked a little bit earlier about mentorship, but this is kind of related to that question in a certain way. But I mean, you're a leader of leaders, right? So, I mean, you're not just leading you know, random people, you're leading a lot of leaders that are also leading other people, right? So when you think of that role that you have, how do you draw out the best from those leaders that you're working with? Yeah, it is a different leadership skill. And I think, you know, thank you for bringing it up because it's sometimes lots can get lost. And although we consider ourselves a fairly flat organization, the ability to coach leader and impact results through leaders is a very different skill set. Um, so I think what becomes critically important is clarity. Clarity of a common vision, a common goal, and then followed by that is a belief, a sentiment of belief, because the 10% discretionary effort that you get comes from that sentiment of culture and belief that differentiates you from anyone else. So the hardest thing to do is to be simple in your communication and your messaging. And so the more you can simplify and have clarity on 
you know, where all teams intersect or where everything intersects to come together and that your values and your vision is really, really crisp around your strategic vision. So, you know, it goes back to dream big, have fun and get stuff done, right? Like it really sounds so simple, but what's not so simple is like I said, in the clarity of messaging, when you've got multiple lines of business, multiple layers of leadership, multiple completing priorities and change that's happening at a pace faster than it's ever happened before. And we always say that. I remember saying that 10 years ago, but it really is happening faster mm-hmm. in the adaption of technology. So I, I think the other thing is building a culture and what's possible is really, really important because you can have the yeah. best strategy without execution. It falls shy. So, you know, it's, there's always this debate. Do you have the perfect strategy versus perfect execution? And execution will win every time. You can have right. a less so perfect strategy and an ultimate execution. And I think that's certainly where you win. So I think having leaders believe in themselves, bringing out the best in people and best of individuals, putting themselves forward, stimulating innovation and growth and creativity, because otherwise all you're doing is, you know, you've got to have a framework to move forward, but you also want to learn and continue to grow and innovate at the same time. And that's tough in a 150-year-old organization that's heavily regulated, full of risk and policies and things like that. So creating that culture is in a dynamic way to facilitate change and belief is important. Yeah. And I like how you bring that up. The fact that RBC has been around for such a long time in such a regulated industry. And yet it's not like you can just rest on how it's always been done. If you did that, you wouldn't go very far. (laughs) No. And it's interesting. The other thing I would add is I'm just reflecting yesterday. I had a round table of neutral employees. These employees would have been with us probably since August, so less than six months. And one of the questions that I asked them is, have you made a mistake? Have you made a mistake in the last four months? And if so, how have you celebrated that mistake? Because you can't grow and it's not about being perfect or we wouldn't be in a risk business. And so I think allowing a culture of learning and growing through natural curiosity and learning from mistakes, but making mistakes, because if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not growing at the pace that you need to. So I think building that culture in is hard in a regulatory, because like if I said to you, you know, you're going to give me a hundred dollars, I might give you 90 back (laughs) on a guarantee (laughs) that doesn't always lie. So there's certain frameworks that you can use it in, but I think our ability to be human and to create a culture of learning from mistakes and growing from them is important. Well, and I think even with some of how you answered the last couple of questions, the phrase that popped into my mind, and I'm sure you've heard this before too, is you should never be the smartest person in the room either, right? And so it's kind of like, how do you build that into your culture and into your leadership too, right? What are your thoughts on that? I surround myself with brilliant people. (laughs) I think they are. And just continually fueling that and listening. Like I said, I think leadership for me is a lot about asking the right questions to bring the best of everyone forward. So if you've got the ability to take the data and the insights, paint a clear vision and a strategy, ask the right questions along the way to validate and to shift as you need to quickly at all levels of the organization, I think it's a key skill that leaders are going to need even more so going forward. You know, this is so good, Kim. I could probably talk leadership with you for an hour, but to keep to the 10 minute leader standard I'm trying to set for myself, I need to kind of pull myself back from asking you too many more questions. But I want to, for people who've been listening to these episodes and watching what I do, I usually try to close off the conversation I have with leaders. A little bit more of a fun kind of question that they haven't heard before, maybe you've never heard before. So I came up with one here. I'm going to ask it. It's not too scary. Don't worry. But I was wanted to you know, ask you, if you were planning a leadership retreat for your team, which location would you choose and why? So would you want to send your team along with you to the Sahara Desert, Antarctica, or a deserted tropical island? So hot and dry and sandy, cold and snowy, 
or hot and humid and deserted? What do you think? Well, looking out the window today, I think it would be the cold and snowy. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of lessons in just building resiliency and how we would come together and the need and the ability to learn from each other and build on each other's skills yeah. to make us great would be really interesting. Yeah, and I like the idea of Antarctica because so few people have actually been on Antarctica, right? So it's kind of this right. unique location that you could have some interesting conversations around as well with the team. So, yeah. We're forging new paths. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing established for it. Exactly. And I'm guessing at this point, RBC doesn't have a branch in Antarctica, I don't think. So maybe you could set one up. No, we do have an Iqaluit though. Okay. And like I said, we, so it's fascinating. Just the beauty of that for sure. Sure. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate so much, Kim. I know I've said this a couple of times, but taking your time to share your thoughts with me and the others who are listening to this. And there are so many gems in what you shared today that leaders can learn from. Thanks so much for joining me. Any closing thoughts to anyone who's listening that you'd like to share as we wrap things up here? Just a huge thank you to you. I think leadership is a journey and I value this equally as much as everyone else. And I can't wait to review some of following some of your podcasts and look mm -hmm. forward to seeing some in the future with some incredible leaders and learning from them as well. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Kim. And for all of you who are listening, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening without anyone listening. This would be just a wonderful conversation, which is still worth it. But I definitely appreciate anyone listening in and, and learning something. Uh, leadership is a journey. Encourage anyone who's listening to tap into that journey. Take the steps you need to take to get to that next level in your own leadership. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episodes as well.